ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Open phone lines and no guest in hour number one. We got a lot to talk about in hour two. We'll hear from Gary Smith. Start focusing a little bit on college basketball. What a win by the Colonels last night on the hardwood as well. Pels get back into action tonight as they take on the Brooklyn Nets. 6.30 tip time. Remember, 6.30 tip time. ESPN picked this up. Hoping to see Zion. Anyway. Uh, so it's an early tip time for you if you're going to the game tonight. It is a sellout. It will be the 11th sellout of the season. We'll touch on that. 115, Rafael Esparza. 130, Ross Jackson will give us the very latest on the Saints. The Saints season comes to an end on Sunday. You'll also hear from Cam Jordan, Pete Carmichael, Chris Richard in the show. And then at 215, Marlon Favorite, 230, Leo Haggerty. Indeed, always looking forward to the weekend and your fill of cake, as in king cake. Yikes. It starts today. What kind of king cake do you like? Raphael Espar is already complaining. He calls it coffee cake. It's not coffee cake. It's king cake. It's king cake. Do you like it filled? Do you like the regular king cake? Do you have a favorite? I'm all for it. Ready for that here as well, so we'll touch on that. Plus, the NFL's doing some things to try to compensate here for the Bills and Bengals game not being played. So we'll discuss that here as well as we bring in the professor, Nick Harrison, who is a Buffalo Bills fan. So we'll definitely get your opinion on this because um, there were some things floating around yesterday that we will get into here. And again, your guest list, looking forward to it. Uh, 105, Gary Smith, 115, Rafael Esparza, 130, Ross Jackson, 215, Marlon, Leo, 230. We're going to get into the Saints and, and all of that here as well. There was a moment of what? I think for Saints fans, Nick, yesterday, when the rumors started floating around that the league was going to add an eighth seed for the postseason, which I don't know how that made sense to begin with. I thought when I was seeing that it was for next year, and I started seeing they're eliminating the bye, inning an eighth seed. And I'm like, what? I mean, you have this DeMar Hamlin situation that's taking place, and, you know, it's about safety, and, and then you're taking away the bye week? No, you would want a second bye week, Nick, if you're going, I'm all for the eighth seed. I, I'm all for that. The more, the merrier for me. Um, plus they can televise, they can make more money. I'm all for that, but I was confused by that. The NFL came and, and shut that down. That, that's not happening <clears throat> this year. This year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Bills and Bengals situation is interesting because essentially the league said the game's not being played. And what, Nick? What are they doing in case they are the number one seed and host the AFC championship game? Well, they have all of these different scenarios that they've set up for if they end up getting into the playoffs or not. Like, well, not getting into the playoffs, but getting to that scenario of to the point where there's a possible coin flip for the Bengals Ravens, which could be the most important coin flip in the history of the NFL. The coin that flip. Includes the, the, the Bills Kansas City coin flip from like last year where they call it, it's just, it's it's all mind-boggling, man. It's giving me a headache. Okay, so look, let's hear Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. First and foremost, the whole playoff scenario when it comes to it. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, first of all, I would buckle up because 
the lengthy release we just received from the NFL, the explanation we just got from uh, league sources I was on the phone with just a couple minutes ago, it is a lot. It involves several factors, including uh, why the uh, Cincinnati Bills game was canceled. And, and obviously, it is not going to be a tie. It is essentially going to be a no contest. Among the factors, uh, canceling this game uh, essentially did not happen rather than a tie uh, did not affect anyone who was going to be in the playoffs. These these seven seeds are going to be decided regardless of the outcome of this game. That is important. Uh, had they decided to play the game, it would have required postponing the start of the playoffs for a week, uh, meaning it would affect all 14 clubs that qualified for the postseason. Not something that the league wanted to do. Obviously, they would have uh, shrunk down the bye week between the Super Bowl and the title games. That was not going to happen. And then this also makes sure that the decision comes before week 18. This was really important just for competitive balance reasons to make sure that every team knows all the ramifications going into week 18. And I can tell you there were some anxious teams really not knowing what was at stake. Those are all the factors that went into it. As far as everything else, there is also a lot. And I would just say the main thing that you need to think about, the main thing that is affected by these changes that there could actually be, based on the outcomes uh, of Week 18, based on, uh, depending on which team win, there could, wins, there could actually be a neutral site AFC title game. It depends on multiple factors, but there could actually be a neutral site AFC title game. So, the neutral site AFC title game, you're a Bills fan. Yeah. I totally understand not playing that game. But if the Bills and Bengals wind up getting the one seed, or if the Bills get the one seed, and then you have to go to a neutral site, which isn't going to be Detroit, they're trying to find different areas for, for that to happen. As it stands now, open air is also a possibility. I, I guess I just think of fans, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the whole point of, of, of getting the one seed. It's a home game, as in your fans just go to the stadium, not have to travel, get on a flight, do all of that. I'm not saying that Bills Mafia wouldn't travel, the Bengals or whatever, or KC, but it it causes a lot of logistical problems, first and foremost, because you have fans who have already purchased tickets to certain games and hotel rooms, travel, airfare, all of this stuff have to take in, be taken into consideration. But when you look at the scenarios that they have set up uh, in case of a tie or wins, where if it's Buffalo and Kansas City, it would be in a neutral site. If it's Buffalo and the Bengals would be neutral, Kansas City, Buffalo, that kind of thing. And there's a bunch, I got the scenarios right in front of me. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City both win or both tie. Buffalo and Kansas City would be at a neutral site. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins. Buffalo versus Kansas City would be at a neutral site. But scenario three, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins. Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City would be at a neutral site. Like the whole thing again. I'm getting a headache. I have had no a- idea what you just said, by the way. <laughs> like, like, I, like, I, I was horrible at word problems in school. You know, train A leaves train B at five o'clock. I, I, I'm lost right then and there. Um, Basically, yeah. The AFC title game would just be played at a neutral site, uh, depending on if Buffalo, Kansas City, or Cincinnati were to make it and play against each other in some kind of combination. Now, it. The home field advantage thing is the one that kind of sticks out, and you've mentioned it too. Because if you look at all three of these teams, playing at Kansas City is a huge home field advantage for them because of the way that their fans are. For Buffalo, it's the weather thing because it's the middle of January or February, depending on when they're going to play the AFC Championship game at this, uh, whenever it would be. If you play in Buffalo for that home field advantage, it'd be the weather, it'd be the fans. And like you know, Bill's Mafia does travel because you saw how everything happened for the Thanksgiving game day uh last year last season against the Saints and how they all descended upon the Crescent City. So and with Cincinnati is the same thing, you know, the jungle, all of that stuff. The home field advantage is a big draw for all three of these teams. So playing at a neutral site it, it it has its advantages, but it also has that big disadvantage that you wouldn't have that home field advantage that you would hope for if you ended up being the one seed in the AFC. And then there's the coin toss. <laughs> you decide things just, before, right? Uh, Draft spots, 
who gets the ball to start the game, overtime. This we've never quite had. Uh, so here is uh, how it stands. Cincinnati wins the AFC North. We know that. They play Baltimore this weekend. If Baltimore beats them, it will mean Baltimore will have beaten them twice but still lose the division title because of win percentage. The NFL did not exactly think that that was a fair outcome. Cincinnati does. Cincinnati not happy. I would expect them to vote against this today. Anyway, so let's say that happens. Uh, if if Baltimore wins twice, they will have a coin toss to decide who then uh, would be the host site if they played in a 3-6 playoff game. After that, the seeds would still stand. So let's just say that let's just say Cincinnati was away for their first playoff game against Baltimore. One, if they were then supposed to be the host for the next game, they continue to be the host. So they could actually play away one week and then host the next week under certain circumstances. So there you go. The coin flip. If so. I, I tell you what, it does seem like the NFL is just kind of making this up as it goes along, and they are because this has never happened, right? It's never happened when yeah. you had a game that was important that needed to be played that then wasn't played of teams trying to host and our division winners. So if it sounds like they're just making this up as they go along, it is. But imagine that if you're Cincinnati, you win the division, you should be hosting but if you lose yeah. to the Ravens, they beat you twice. So now it's up to a coin flip. Could you imagine that? It's the coin flip scenario to me is insane. But the way it plays out, and I, t- I told you this earlier today when we talked about this, this is some LHSAA stuff. <laughs> Anybody who knows high school football in the playoffs knows that it's crazy. And this was always crazy to me that the home team, excuse me, the, the, the higher seed can be the away team depending on how they played in the first round and who won and yeah. all this stuff. And you end up going on the road yeah. as the high seed in the next round. It's just crazy. Yeah. So to think that the Bengals could be the away team in a game against the Ravens uh, in, in the wild card round just blows my mind. Like how, how does that because, and because of the situation that happened this week to have to have deal with that is just, it's crazy. Uh. Uh, so it's, just, it's, it's, but, but, but there was a brief moment. There was a brief moment yesterday and all these different scenarios being discussed. As you heard that bye week isn't a regular season. They were going to take away, they're going to take away the bye week and then add an eight seed and then do all that, which puts the saints in the postseason if they would have won Sunday and all, all of that. So look, I'm just going to throw this out there. Would you be open to an eight seed again and get back to somewhat what you've had in the past when you had two teams earning a buy right now it's just one team if you go to eight remember they went to seven now remember jordan at the time used to work with us jordan the intern didn't care for it he's like no i'm like dude the more the merrier it does add more intrigue and it keeps i mean look at this seattle detroit right i mean if it this week doesn't matter for them and i understand they're not a 12 11 10 win if if you would have started the show today and said saints fans you get a chance to still go to the playoffs if you win on Sunday. I mean, it it makes it intriguing the entire way. We've seen it with the play-in situation in the NBA. You know, people were kind of against it, didn't know, and now it's good forever. I mean, it's here to stay. You saw the intrigue. You see what it can do for teams. I'm for it. I, I'm fine. Give me, because it still makes the regular season even more important still, right? You get two buys. Two teams get a buy. And then the other six play. And I, I, so you're fine. Plus the NFL gets what it wants. More money. I know that you're for it because you probably want them to expand to 12 teams. Eight, eight, just fine. like college football. You know what? Like, I, I know, I know Here you're loving it. I yep. know you're loving it right now. Expansion yeah. of playoffs Let me tell you is something. your bag. I'm jotting it so down. So you're See, all over. Here to pen. I'm jotting it down right now. You will See? be loving the college football playoff in two years. In 2024, you're going to be on the show talking about the intrigue, how great it's been, because you don't have to wait a month and a half. for The national championship game is Monday in January. The season ended the weekend after Thanksgiving. I you know, know, like when the kids are out of school. Oh, what about school? What about it? 
they're not in school. I mean, it's, play the month of December, the playoffs, and then you're good. I'll tell you this. The 18 in the NFL would be good this year if only so we could hear from Roy again because oh, Miami. Oh, he'd still have hope, wouldn't he? Hey, Roy would finally come back to us. He'd finally come back to us and let us know that he's okay because his Dolphins will be in the playoffs. And, you know, the first thing he's going to say, they're going to go all the way. He would have, go he would have hope. They're going to go all the way. Two a baby all the way. He'd have hope. So much hope. I feel so bad. Oh, by the way, speaking of, um, I did get a text from him yesterday. I did. I did. And it was because, uh, I might have copy and pasted the latest rumor with Sean Payton. Did you see it, Nick? Did I send it to you? Did I send it to you? I didn't send it to you. Oh, well, I want your reaction live. Let let me scroll down here real quickly because I want your reaction to when you see this because his response was, um, as expected, that if if he did see it, he said that the Saints would still miss the playoffs and, and win seven and eight games. And even though it would be this, by the way, so I'm sending it to you. This was rumor that was out there. Actually, that one rumor. Pat McAfee was talking about it on his show. And well, it's Pat McAfee. Well, Pat McAfee true. is saying, "Go ahead, look look at the uh, read read it." Read it nice and loud for all to hear. <laughs> Tom Brady and Sean Payton still plan to go to Miami. There it is. Rumor says Damn. Sean Payton and Brady could still take over the Dolphins. And then several reports after that started going that everyone's in trouble in Miami if they miss the playoffs, including the greatest coach of all time, Peroy, Mr. McDaniels. And if that's the – well, so that – that, that led – okay, hey, what about a trade? You give us that coach. He's the Saints offensive coordinator. You can have Sean Payton and Tom Brady over there. I'd take him. I know Saints fans be loving it. I'd take hey, him. Man, I absolutely would As far as Tom take goes, when Tyrese usually do go to Miami, he could get a, get himself a place at Del Boca Vista, you know, go go hang out and have himself a good time. It's I, Oh, please. I, we finally got Tom Brady out of the division. Why are you trying to bring him back? Oh, I mean, he lo- he loves him some Tua, and he goes from Tua to Tom. Would, would that mean, though, that Tua comes to the Saints? Ooh. Would you, you, you would, bring would, Tua and Mike McDaniel to the Saints? Tua and Mike McDaniel to the Saints. You can have Sean. But Sean Payton and Tom Brady. You can have Sean, and then, you know, they, they worry about signing you get Tom. Tom Brady out of the, you get Tom Brady out of the division. Uh-huh. You get a coach and a quarterback. The young QB. That, that had played together this year. They've played together this year. Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. That'd be the fact that Roy though said that we would still miss the playoffs with his current head coach and would likely be his current quarterback. Oh, he's done with him. He's throwing him up. He's done with him. Throwing him off Game the ledge. One, they were the greatest combination since peanut butter and jelly. Into the ocean. We gave you can have them, and you still won't make the playoffs. That's that's Boy, Roy for you. Boy, Roy Finkel. Glad to know you're still among us. All right. Well, he, he is still alive. He is still alive. That, that is thank very good. All right. Thank you, Professor. We'll chat here in a little bit. When we come back, let's hear from um, from Cam Jordan. He, he's going to give you a complete history of sackage. In terms of all of the sacks that he's had as a New Orleans City, he still remembers a good many of them. So we'll do that when we come back on Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Wow! It's that time of year again at Craig LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Great deals like never before. Never before. Shop now for a huge selection of new Toyotas in stock and more arriving daily. Great dealer discounts on all the new and pre-owned Toyotas in stock. Get two years free maintenance too. Just click and save at GregLeBlancToyota.com. But you've got to hurry to take advantage of these great prices. Greg's got the deals as your low price leader. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, 220 South Hollywood Road in Homa. It's Gus Kattengell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or the Inview on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams, and you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. 
When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003, the upper service Bailey chiropractic hotline. Love to get your opinion, Saints fans, and all the juicy, delicious rumors that are out there as well. We might even hear from Roy. And whether or not he would be willing to part ways with his brand new head coach, Tua, for the rights to have Sean Payton. Would you do that? I just text General D and he said, no! So what would you rather? Would you rather picks? I'm just saying if that happens. Again, Pat McAfee was talking about it on his show. But would, would you rather picks for Sean? Or a guy that clearly, I mean, I'll give him credit. I'll never, you know. I mean, it is what it is. I know it's Roy's team, but when healthy, and you saw that team could score, now, yes, you have Tyreek Hill and you have all that, but you're in need of an offensive coordinator. There's a huge, huge question mark with two in concussions, possibly having suffered three, two for sure. But that's a young QB. That's a young offensive coordinator. Who Roy told us all years an offensive genius. What if the Dolphins say, you give us Sean, we'll give you those two? Or would you rather picks? I'm all for picks. Remember, picks are unknown. Right? You were hoping Marcus Davenport would pan out for you. You were hoping Peyton Turner would pan out for you. You, you hope a lot. With high draft picks. They either pan out, they don't. So I, I don't know, it, 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 it would be an interesting scenario. Right? Or do you go, awesome Miami, that, let's start with that and we still would like like a second or third round pick or something like that. You still want a package. Or are you, are you, would you be good if you heard Ian Rappaport? Uh, it looks like the Saints and Dolphins are working on a package that sends Sean Payton to Miami. They would then sign Tom Brady, and the Saints would receive, you know, McDaniels and Tua. And that's it. Would you be good with that? I don't know. Love to hear from you. 800-998-1003 on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. General D, you said you were calling, so you're calling in. What, what you got? What would you say to that if the Dolphins said, hey, that's awesome. What's up, Mickey? How about Tua and our new coach, and uh, we'll take Sean off your hands and have a, have a, have a, have a nice season. It's an interesting proposition, but the the real problem here is this two is concussions. I agree. Uh, he's already had two. Uh, he gets another one. You know, what does it what does it take for him to no longer play quarterback for you? So he's coming with some you know relatively damaged goods. He's had the, the hip injury, the knee injury, uh, and now the concussion. So. Uh, I've never been a very high on Tua, but and he's in the same aspect. I mean, I, he is a quarterback that I think would be an upgrade from where you're at right now. However, what makes more sense is Arizona. And, and if you hear me out here, is that if if Sean Payton goes to Arizona, Kyler Murray, who's not going to be ready for the beginning of the year with the ACL, it's a marriage made perfectly in heaven for Tom Brady to go there, take over the controls of a team that you know I think has talent. Also, it's perfect for the Saints because then you're going to get the high draft pick from Arizona. You can then go get your young quarterback. 
And if there are rumors or if there's trying to get rid of McDaniels over in, in, in Miami, let him die in the vine. And then you bring him in as your offensive coordinator, if that's the case, if you have that you know kind of foresight. Mm-hmm. But I think really what has to happen right here is that you have to be able to get that number one, go after a high draft pick. Right now, I mean, if you're looking at it, maybe a Bryce Young would be the guy to go with. Let him learn um, and, and actually throw him into the fire as quick as possible. Uh, this division is winnable, so maybe you do go with the Andy Dalton, kind of you know start him out, do the same thing with what you did with what you saw what happened over in, in um, Pittsburgh, and then you, you turn him loose. But I think right now the problem is is that, yes, McDaniels is a good offensive mind, mm-hmm. and he's done an adequate job, uh, but the tour situation just brings up too many red flags. What are you thinking there, Gus, with that? I mean, so Arizona. Well, to your point, Arizona, and that's intriguing. That's intriguing because for the Cardinals, I can see it making sense on two fronts. To your point, Kyler Murray, you're not getting rid of him, but you, you're going to let him heal. And a lot of people feel he it, it, he's not going to be whole to 224. Um, and but he, one of the biggest questions. Right. And one of the biggest questions, General D, with him is his maturity, right? So right. if you bring in the GOAT to teach him how to be a professional quarterback and learn and, and kind of do that, I mean, I, I, I could see how that's intriguing to the Cardinals. Now, how does he handle it, right? I mean, does he say trade me? Um, but I so from that standpoint, I can see it. And to your point, right now, the season ended today, the Cardinals would select Fourth. Now, in the latest mock draft, um, let's see, Jordan Reed on ESPN put one out two days ago. Bryce Young to the Texans. The Bears take defensive tackle Jalen Carter. They obviously don't need a quarterback. He has Seattle going with Will Anderson, linebacker from Alabama, which is intriguing because C.J. Stroud would still be there, right? Um, And... The Cardinals going with Tyree Wilson, defensive end from Texas Tech. And the Colts selecting C.J. Stroud. They obviously need a quarterback there. Uh, Lions with Brian Brees, defensive tackle from Clemson. Will Levis, the quarterback to the Raiders at 7. Falcons, Miles Murphy, defensive end. And the Panthers going with Anthony Richardson, from quarter uh, quarterback from Florida. But to your point, the Cardinals will be a top 5, top 10 pick, no matter what. And then you could go there. Or, General D, I don't know if you caught the show yesterday. I really think the Saints need to focus on their D-line. Marcus Davenport's a free agent. I don't know what I have in Payne Turner. Two seasons, he hadn't been healthy. Uh, Anyamata's a free agent. Cam Jordan is in the twilight of the career. If he comes back, is he a cap casualty? Does he ask for a trade to a contender? Or does he just go to TV? I don't know. But that's now two defensive end positions that I need to worry about, much less the defensive tackle position. So I was saying yesterday on the show, I'm spending draft capital, cash capital on offensive and defensive line. Like, that is what I'm doing next year. Now, obviously, if you pick at four, do you go for one of those quarterbacks or do you take a Top defensive player. Again, Arizona slated to take Tyree Wilson, defensive end from Texas Tech. Um, is that something you would do? You know, I, th- there's a lot of different options, and obviously some of this matters on whether or not Sean Payton goes somewhere, right? But but if you're in the top five or whatever it is, top ten, and or, you know, have an opportunity to get the top two quarterbacks, one of the top two quarterbacks, four or three, in this year's draft, you have to take the swing. And this is your perfect opportunity because Sean Payton is going to, you know, command a first-round pick, which you don't have. Now, if you think that the house is made with um, going with Bryce Young, well, then you might even have to move up to that spot if that's the guy and you think that there's a big gap between Stroud. Of he and Stroud, who do you like? Because i got to tell you, Stroud impressed me in that game against Georgia because you would think Georgia has NFL defensive players, right? No, yeah. And he he was translatable. Like, I saw things he did on the field that day that I'm like, okay, that works on Sunday. 
I mean, <laughs> that that works on Sunday. He's he's got size, he's got speed, he can throw the football. I mean, the guy had forty-one touchdown passes this year. And again, we can go with the competition thing. I get that, but in that game against that team, I saw things. I'm like, hey, I I could see that work. You know, I like Bryce Young. I like Bryce Young a lot, but again, size, right? Like if there's two guys yeah. that can win. There's one guy that's a little bigger, maybe faster, and he's got an arm. Like I, I man, it'd be hard for me to to right now this very second again. It's what have you seen lately? And what I saw lately, I don't know. Bryce Bryce shine too in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, look, I mean, it's both quarterbacks. I think you can win with the issue is coaching, right? So yet you know, Trevor Lawrence was dying on the vine down in Jacksonville. A new court, new coach comes in. And now he looks like he's resurrected a career or yeah. at least living up the potential that he had. This team that's actually in the playoffs as of today and has an opportunity to, to, to make the, the, the dance. So here's, here's the thing. If you do bring in any of these young quarterbacks, you have to make a change off as a coordinator, I think. I mean, I don't think that, that where we're at right now is really, you know, we're kind of hanging on to the past. I think you have to put somebody in a situation that plays to their talent. And I think if you go with a Stroud, just like Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a guy that this offense now is devised around in Philly, and you're able to see him use his talents, his athleticism. You bring that up, not to interrupt you, but remember a year ago, they had a streak when they played the Saints. Remember, they were running all over everybody. And then towards the yeah. end of last season, it was the Eagles are going to draft the quarterback. Like, Hurts isn't going to be their guy. He's probably going to win the MVP this year. To your point, it's coaching, yeah. it's the offensive style, and – you know, committing to it. And, and I'm with you. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying so much of that on the show yesterday. I, well, what is the I, philosophy? I go, I mean, like, I where am I going? You, you definitely have needs at defense. But I also think that you've invested so much in the Marcus Davenport that you have to work out a deal there. I'm not saying that he should command money mm. that, you know, okay. some out, outstanding money, but I think you have to figure that out because when he has been healthy and he's been on the field, he has to have the ability to make plays. So, that there, I think you can upgrade from the Onyemata situation. It looked like when he was on PEDs, he had an unbelievable season. But now that he, he's been caught and he's off, it doesn't look like the same guy. Peyton Turner, we don't know what you have there, but at least he's still under under your your your, your you know cap. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think you're going to have to go draft somebody. That could be in the third round. I've seen some very good defensive tackles that will probably be projected in the third round that um, are going to be able to give you an upgrade from what you have, especially because they're younger guys. Now, offensively is right now you have to have somebody that's going to be a game changer and 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 make different plays and i think you're right if a guy like stroud is there you may take him um but that's what's hurting this team right now andy dalton is managing the game he is not winning the game for you so in order to take over this division which is absolutely lackluster i don't think anybody would say that the saints don't have just as much talent to win this thing we just unfortunately had injuries and just didn't perform like we should have. And I think that goes back to coaching. But I do think that at the end of the day, the Saints are not that far away from being right back into the playoffs if they make a couple of adjustments. I think you made this this analogy last year. I don't think it's a complete teardown. I think it's a rebuild. So it's a renovation that you need to do. It's a renovation, not a complete teardown. Okay. There is. General D, thank you for the phone call, sir. Have a great weekend. Go Pels. Go Pels. Let's see what happens tonight, 6.30. The Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving in town to take on the Pelicans, looking for their 18th win of the season, and it'll be in front of the 11th sellout of the season. Quick break. We come back. Some sound. Saints. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. After redshirting his first year at Ohio State, Joe Burrow spent the next two years as JT Barrett's backup. With the Wayne Haskins on the roster, Burrow didn't see much playing time and decided to transfer. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron zeroed in on Burrow and landed him. In his second season at LSU, Burrow led the Tigers to a 15-0 record, a national championship, and arguably the best season ever by a college quarterback. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. You know that feeling when your football team adds that one player with every skill they've been looking for? It's time your business knew how it felt too. LinkedIn Jobs taps into a network of over 850 million professionals to find the right people for your role. LinkedIn Jobs helps you narrow down to the most qualified candidates so you can start hiring the right people. 
Go to linkedin.com slash sports to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice, but wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. Steady yourself. You're not alone. You've got support. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. I had to leave my parents. I had to move schools. I don't know anyone here. Everything keeps changing. Why is this happening to me? I'm sure glad you're here. Advocate for an abused or neglected child in your community. There's a child in foster care waiting for a CASA volunteer like you. Find a program near you at LouisianaCASA.org. Sponsored by Louisiana CASA. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Beating Tampa the first or the second time, that's on us from somehow losing to the to the Niners when we felt like we had control of the game. That's on us for who else? I mean, Carolina the first time we played them, so we got them back up again, and we got to finish this game. We got to stamp out the season on a good note. That's Cam Jordan. Now, uh, your sack leader in Saints NFL history here as well. It's going to be an interesting decision with him there, right? I mean, look, he's clearly a face of your franchise. I'm not the face. And... He's done some remarkable things since he's been with your team. And it was funny yesterday, reporters are going back and forth with him, asking him, does he remember any of those sacks or how many of those sacks he has? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few favorites, you know. I've got a, I've got the first, you know, my first sack ever was 2000, season 2011, but actually 2012, yeah. you know, uh, against Cam Newton, because that's the first one you need to get in the book somehow. Um there's been plenty of plenty of games that I enjoyed uh, sacking Matt Ryan. Before that, there was uh, my first three-piece game against Michael Vick in Philadelphia, not to be confused with Michael Vick in Atlanta, although they were still just as fast is what I'm going to tell people. Um, you know, you figure uh, Matt Ryan four-sack game was a probably a Thanksgiving game. I'm going to remember that one. I also had, like, a serious cold. I call that one my flu game. So... Uh, Sticking behind behind that one, I was like in dire straits on the sideline, go in, ball out, get a sack, and come back out there in dire straits again. Um, maybe the first time we played Deshaun Watson, two or three sacks against him then. There's been some good ones along the way. So the multi-sack games. Tom Brady was sack number 100, asked him for a jersey, didn't get the jersey, it's cool. <laughs> Whatever he's got, yeah. He's, he's not, I don't know if he said no or not. He just didn't take it off his back, which was a no to me. You know, um, I'm sure it was just you know miscommunicated. That's why I try and hit him harder. Man. <laughs> is what it is. You got nine sacks on, on Jameis. Right? Jameis was I like I like my sacks on Jameis just because he didn't know I hit him that many times. He's like, no, you probably got me once or twice. We were sitting across each other in in the airplane, and I like. I've been waiting for you to say that, actually, since you came to the team. Created a whole reel for him. He watched it and was like, wow. I was like, yeah, no, it was a lot. Appreciate you. When did you create that reel? Um, once we signed him, I knew eventually he, he was going to have to see it. Like, whether whether he came up with Convo or whatever it was, I was waiting. I had favorited it in my phone at the time. So I favorited it now. Once I, once I used it, I was like, ha, I've been waiting for this moment. Hey, check this out. And he was like, really? And I was like, Really, he it was a lot. He watched all of it. You know, nine seconds, nine sacks really only breaks down to like you know, fifteen five seconds. It's less than a minute. Yeah. Hey, was on a plane. Where else was he going to go? <laughs> the Detroit TDs stand out to me. It's not a ah, Detroit, Matt. Yeah, that was back that when I could couldn't get interception. It was it was a pass deflection to myself, yeah. interception for no yak. Love those. They didn't have to run anywhere. It was also the spider tackle game. If you remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that, I thought that was, was that the same game? Same game. Dope. There you go. The history of sacks 
for <laughs> Cam Jordan. How about that putting together a little reel for uh, Jameis Winston to see? Love that. Um, the other thing, too, is when he looks back at the season and the way this team has sort of been, it's something that he uh, that stands out. I mean, it was nice. Nice accolade. Appreciate it. Uh, I mean, what, more importantly, we got to win. Uh, sadly, we also got eliminated, which sort of feels like the run of the Saints situation the last year or two. Can't, uh, you can't ever let somebody else control your destiny, and that's on us from not beating Tampa the first or the second time. That's on us from somehow losing to the, to the Niners when we felt like we had control of the game. That's on us for... Who else? I mean, Carolina the first time we played them, so we got them back up again, and we got to finish this game. We got to stamp out the season on a good note. So that was the longer part to what I just played a little bit ago and him winning the Player of the Week award. And, and that was a theme a lot when he talked about yesterday, just close but no cigar yet again. It goes down this last few years of um, – few years – this last season and, and this season of coming close enough and not going far enough. So um, at this point, being eliminated – it hurts, and at the same time, you got one game left, so you have to put that stamp of approval on this game. Um, there is no fold over. There is no uh, backing down from this. You got to go out and take this win and, and feel like the Suns before the you know before they hit the playoff strides. You know, back in the bubble, Suns finish this five game strong and, and head into the off season knowing that you can be better for the next year. Sure, sounds like he's coming back, right? Sure, sounds like that, man. And I'm not again. I'm not saying that there was any belief. I just. It's something that you think about. The closer these guys get to it, you could probably see retirement here as well, or try to get an opportunity to go play somewhere else for a chance at a ring. Does he think that the Saints can still do that quickly or not? The other thing he touched on, too, and it's going to be something we'll touch on a lot next week. Why are the Saints in this situation? Why did they miss the postseason again? Scott Prather yesterday kind of gave his headline, I'll ask it of y'all, coming up on Monday to give me a headline or a few words to capture the season. He said missed opportunities. Chance to win certain games. Heard Cam mention a couple of games that stick out in his head that they feel they should have won, could have won. Missed opportunities is a pretty good one, isn't it? But he also touched on again. It's the thing that probably is the most frustrating the things that kept the Saints from winning, you wouldn't think would keep a veteran, talented team from winning. Earlier this season, I think I talked about focusing on the minor details. You know, the I think earlier this year we had a little, like, missed tackle situation. You know, um, there, was, there was times where we had ability to create turnovers and didn't capitalize on those. Uh, and once those sort of took, them, took care of themselves, it was uh, getting back to, you know, our, type, our brand of football, um, not having – these penalties that extend drives. Um, if you can eliminate those, you can clearly see where our defense was headed towards. Uh, we did that. We got some players back healthy um, and really took that in stride. Chris Richard, one of the co-defensive coordinators for the team, kind of intimated a little bit on that there. Should we have expected that it would have taken some time for the new secondary to mesh? Two new safeties. Then you add the injuries. Paulson and Debo took forever, right? And he had a great camp. He wasn't healthy most of the early part of the season. Alante Taylor missed games. Marshawn Lattimore, what, half the season? And Richard touches on that. Right, and I would say so for the entire unit. You know, essentially it's been a mix and match, you know, in, in, in the secondary in particular, and you know, again, it's a testament to guys just kind of coming in and, you know, Corey Robinson doing a fantastic job here, Junta, Sterling Moore. Like these guys are, you know, they're going to work, you know, doing doing everything they can to, to have our have our guys prepared and guys coming in and essentially paying attention to detail, right? And you come in day one and you, and you say you're going to play for your brother because you love your brother, right? And then you have to go out there and prove it. And, and essentially it's the fruit of it. Richard also touched on the fact that he – thinks there's certain factors all of a sudden why this defense has been playing better, right? In the last four or five weeks, they're like in the top five in some categories. I think it's kind of the, you have to take your hat off to the guys for not blinking, 
right? And staying true to the process, coming to work each and every single day, and just preparing and getting better and not allowing again, situations to dictate how we respond, right? Again, we're in control of that. It's effort, it's our attitude, and ultimately, again, great effort and a great attitude is going to lead to really good choices so guys coming in and choosing to do right and ultimately choosing to do right longer is the reason why we find success if you remember back on wednesday too dennis allen was asked why is the team playing better now and he said it was a handful of different reasons go back to it look i think we've i think we've uh taken advantage of some opportunities i think we've executed better um you know, I think as some guys have began to, you know, come back and get healthy, I think that's uh, helped us. I think we've had some young guys that hadn't had a lot of opportunities prior have really stepped up and played well. Um, and so I just think it's part of the group, you know, coming together and gelling together. And I think there's a lot of factors that kind of went into why we weren't quite able to do that as, as you know, earlier in the season like we would have liked. But, um, um but again, like I said the other day, I mean, there, there's a there's a there's a fundamental philosophy uh, of how we want to play defense, um, and it's been proven to be successful in our league. And, and um, I think again, it's it's you know kind of taking that turn. There it is. So it kind of became an impromptu question of the day as we hit to the break, and Trent Alcee will come right after the break to you. Uh, just again, th- there are rumors, there are things that are out there that have been floating around the last couple of weeks when it comes to Sean Payton and what have you. But Pat McAfee yesterday touched on uh, what if the E goes to the Dolphins? Because there were some reports out there or rumors or whatever yesterday that McDaniels could be fired if the Dolphins don't make the playoffs. What about a trade? Is that what you want? Would you would you trade Sean Payton for McDaniels and Tua? Or do you want picks for Sean? A lot of people are discussing it over on social media. I'll take your phone calls on it. 800-998-1003 on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. When we come back, Trent from Gulfport, we'll go to you, sir. Sports Hangover on ESP New Orleans. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional, serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Cola, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems, power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Baseball, basketball, pickleball. Those are sports, and people love sports. If you love sports, you should know this. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Does saving have anything to do with sports? No, but people love sports, so I'm yelling sports out. Hockey, swimming, golf. Not all sports have the word ball in there, so save big when you switch to Progressive. Go, sports teams. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. That sound you hear is a college football fan eating Cheez-It. Listen closely. Mm. You can hear them enjoying Cheez-It crackers made with 100% real cheese. Keep listening. They're snacking on Cheez-It while they cheer for their favorite team. That's the sound of fans feeling the cheesiest. And that's how you win on game day. Cheez-It, official sponsor of the college football playoff. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. 800 cervical family contracting hotline. Trent, what you got for us this afternoon, sir? Hey, man. Uh, Gus, I say no to any kind of trade with Miami, first of all. We play on turf. 
Tua gets sacked probably one time, you can almost guarantee there's a concussion come. Good point. Playing on a turf like that. Um, second of all, I hope the Cardinals sign Sean Payton, and I'm going to throw it out. Okay. Would it be crazy to go, hey, let's trade back, maybe even twice, and try to build up next year's and the years after the draft? So if things fall apart with Dennis Allen, because you got to think he's on a short lease. And if the team's not 500 or better by an early, by that early buy, he's going to be gone. That way you can bring in the next coach, and he's got the draft capital now. Go get We can go get the quarterback you want to be connected with. Okay. So, I mean, if, if let's say it's Arizona, and they say you can have our first-round pick, that right now currently is four. You're mm-hmm. even suggesting, let's say, because it's interesting you say that, because, again, on this mock draft that I was reading earlier to General D, and it's Jordan Reed, and I'll go find what McShay has at five here as well, but Detroit's next, and they have – he has them going C.J. Stroud. So C.J. Stroud, let's say he's available at four. Would you pass on him or you know that there's going to be teams that want him? So you're right. If you hold that fourth spot, again, this is all hypothetical. If the cards sign him, give him your first round pick. So you're sitting at four, Trent. C.J. Stroud's available. But I'm Sure, there's going to be teams that are going to call you for Detroit, likely, right? Maybe try to jump up and move up or get them. Um, you could move down, and you could get some other picks there as well. And being able to move down from a possible franchise quarterback, you could probably get another first-round pick or two, you know, to your point. I oh, mean, if, I th- I th- <laughs> if, if you got a first-round pick for Olave, you know, where you drafted him, you sure as heck are going to get at least a first-round pick if you move down from C.J. Stroud. And I don't think you'd have to move that far down. I think teams in the top ten would go for him. Yeah, like I said, it just all depends on how far you're willing to move. You know, the further you're willing to move down, the higher the price is going to be for the team to come up. I mean, to me, it comes down to, even though I think most Saints fans, we all agree for the most part, we don't like Dennis Allen as the head coach. But Mm -hmm. the problem is the two main people that only matter in the entire city, they do. But how strongly do they believe in him? Yeah. Well, what about I, this? I mean, Look, to, to your point, right? So Detroit six, Colts are five. Then they I need want a QB, right? Three, they need a QB, and I, um, and the Raiders are seven. You could see the Raiders calling you if you have that four spot, right? So you would just drop the seven. And this mock draft has Will Levis, quarterback Kentucky, going to the Raiders. So you know, if you dropped. One or two spots. I mean, the Falcons are eight. Panthers are nine. You know Carolina will take a quarterback. You're not going to make the move to them and give them Stroud. So, again, this is all hypothetical, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. General Lee said the same thing. He wants it to be Arizona, and it makes sense, right? Murray's not going to be ready to go the next year. Oh. Brady can go there for the first year, kind of teach Murray as well. Sean has his QB. It doesn't matter if they ha- if they lose their first-round pick because they have Murray coming back. So it makes sense. And I think one one thing to remember, too, who's Sean Payton's mentor? Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells hated general managers. He thought they were nothing more than glorified accountants. Right. Hey, it's a perk. Sean Payton, you don't have to deal with a general manager. You're the coach, general manager. You run this team 100% the way you want to run it. You don't have to answer to nobody. I and, I, and if you move back, let's just say you move back to six, you could load up. Truthfully, for next year's draft and a year, you could have multiple first rounders for two years in a row. You could. And if this you're willing might, to this bypass, mock draft right here, bypass the quarterback. Brian Brees, defensive tackle from Clemson at six. You know, I mean, there's, there's going to be That's some D tackles and D linemen, oh, D ends yeah. in that first six, seven spots. I, I'm with you, dude. I that's what I'm saying. I, I, I could mean, absolutely <laughs> see you go get some guys of the future in that D line because look at the look at what's changed for Detroit and Jacksonville. Their line. Oh yeah. Like I said, as long as there's quarterbacks sitting there that teams think, oh, my God, the Saints are going to take him. we got to get up above the Saints. Let's call them. Like I said, you could end up with multiple years with multiple first-rounders, maybe a couple, maybe a second and a couple of thirds, and really redo everything from the defensive line, get some more skilled players. And like I said, and then like I said I've got to think Miss Benson and Mickey Loomis are, are going to have that conversation. If we're not 500 above by that yeah. midpoint, by that early break, I'm sorry, you're gone. Well, to your point, CBSSports.com's mock draft, just pull them up. They have Young to the Texans, 
the Bears' Will Anderson from Alabama. Seahawks, Jalen Carter, D-line from Georgia. Quentin Johnson to the Cardinals receiver, because obviously they have a quarterback. Will Levis for the Colts um, there, or C.J. Stroud is what they have, one of those quarterbacks um, as well. So it kind of gives you an idea of maybe, yeah, man, I tell you what, that fourth pick's awfully valuable, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> it's all, it's okay. you, I mean, just think, just think about how how desperate the Colts are, and you know the Colts owner. He's liable to give you two first-rounders just to move up to one spot if he thinks you're going to take the quarterback he wants. Yeah, you're right. And then you Because could have... they're that desperate. They feel like they're that close. I'm willing to give two first-rounders up if I'm the, the Colts would do it. He would do it because he just he wants that next Peyton back. That's all I got, Gus. Y'all have a good one. I hear you, man. Thank you. Trying to have a good weekend, sir. (laughs) Yep, for sure. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Do you want picks? Or would you make that trade again? I'm just just throwing it out there. What Pat McAfee was talking about on his show yesterday, that there's a lot of chitter-chatter in Miami. McDaniels could be on the hot seat. What if Miami calls you and said, I, I, I know we tried this last time. Mickey Loomis behind your back. Now we're doing it again. Give us Sean. We'll give you McDaniels and Tua. Or do you want picks? So far, two phone calls say we they rather picks, and they would rather a deal with Arizona. Currently, right now, they have the fourth pick in the NFL draft. Richard, what say you, sir? Yeah, how you doing, guys? Yeah, doing well, man. All right. Uh, to answer the question, I'm not taking McDaniels or Tua for something. Okay. Not happening. That's a Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Fame coach, and I'm not taking it for uh, up and, uh, a young uh, uh, coach at McDaniel's. And you know, say so you just you just don't know what it is with two. He could be a, uh, a concussion away from from being not believed. So no, I'm not doing that. Give me the pick. Give me the pick. Let me go uh, in the top ten. Get my quarterback of the future, or just like y'all said, if we can move back. And you could pick up a couple of defensive players. Me personally, I would pick up a I would pick up a, a couple of defensive players, and I would have my I would have my focus on Helen Hooker, on Hooker, the kid from Tennessee. Mm. That's who I would want to come down here. I know he's coming off an injury and everything. Uh, we keep uh, uh, Jamison or, or, or Dalton or whatever. Let him come down here, and learn learn the system or whatever like that. There, but to me, that's our quarterback of the future. That's an interesting point. You saw what he was able to do, and he essentially was the Heisman winner, right, until he got injured and and things of that nature. But, man, to your point, that's why I I said on the show yesterday, I I know the easiest thing when you glance at the Saints issues, oh, they need a quarterback. I hear you. If this is the head coach, though, that's coming back, he's going to be comfortable with Andy, and Andy's going to be at least – a, a a starter in the NFL, right? And but man, the the lack of knowing where my D line's going to be, not even just next year. But Richard, the point that I'm making is okay, Cam comes back next year. Is he gonna be back in another year though? And now who are my D ends? You know, so D tackles, you've seen this team really need help up the middle there. So I'm with you, man, but it'd be interesting if you do get that package from the Cardinals. Sean goes there, and you have a chance to draft C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, and you move down in order to get defensive linemen and defensive tackle. I I, I hear you. You know, like I said, I, I'm the one advocating for that yesterday. I didn't think I'd get the fourth-round pick, mm-hmm. though. I'd have to really, really think about it because I wasn't somebody that was like, sure, I'd have done it. And then I watched that Ohio State-Georgia game. Georgia's got NFL players all over that field. And, and Ohio State yes, should have won. Yes, Ohio State should have won. I mean, C.J. Stroud the thing with me, the thing, with me the, the thing with me, Gus, when it comes to Georgia players, I'm, I still have a uh, 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 revisionist history when it comes to us and first-round picks coming from Georgia, no. being on the defensive uh, tackle. And I'm talking about Jonathan Sullivan. Hello. Oh. Hello, somebody. The heavy I lunch just, bunch. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Oh man, heavy lunch. <laughs> I don't know what it is with Georgia. With Georgia defensive yeah. players coming down here to New Orleans, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on with that, but it just don't work out for us or uh, uh, like that. But yeah, that would definitely, definitely what I what, what I All would right. do. If I, I, I was I, you, I, I you are caller number think, three. Uh, Mickey, 
Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I really think Mickey Loomis, because you got to understand, Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, they, they, they don't do everything on the whip. I think when last year, you know, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton talked, I think Mickey Loomis knew that he was going to get a first-round pick for Sean Payton. That's why he had no problem with Dylan, probably he, Dylan, uh, uh, CJ, or losing that extra first-round pick uh-huh. or whatever, because he knew that he was going to get a first-round pick. Sean Payton. I'm starting the first round pick for Sean Payton. If whoever called me for Sean Payton they ain't coming with a first round pick, I'm hanging, hanging up, up the phone with it. Yeah, I don't want the phone. That's right. right first right. round pick. You hanging are. The phone. Absolutely. And if Sean texts you, Mick, what are you doing? Enjoy Fox Sports for another year. I mean, I, I, business is business, man. You go. Believe me, I know that business all too well. Richard, I got to hit the break, sir. Mm-hmm. Top of the hour. Thank you for the phone call, man. Have a good Thank weekend. You, yep. Gary Smith is going to join you us too. top of the hour. We'll go back to this topic and have some more phone calls here coming up. I'll ask Ross Jackson. He's coming at 130. Gary Smith is next. We'll talk a little college basketball. Starting to you know, pick up there. Nice win for Tulane on the hardwood. LSU back on the road here as well. We'll hit on UNL. Nichols, a massive win yesterday. So we'll touch on all of that and more when we come back in hour two. We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is way 